Hello and welcome to Old vs. Gold, the podcast that takes your fond childhood memories of movies and television and holds them up to the harsh light of today. This week we're on location in the foresty land of Guerneville, California. The perfect backdrop for this week's episode, Twin Peaks, the pilot. What's it like um, uh, sleeping in the city with all the noises and then coming to a place like Guerneville and it's quiet and dark and you can see the stars? Well, that's the cool part. That is the I cool mean, part. Suddenly you're Garrison Keillor. Ah! <laughs> the deal. <laughs> well, hello. I don't know who Garrison Keillor is. <laughs> it's been a quiet week in Lake Wobegon. In Guerneville. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone, anyone, does it freak anyone out? Uh, oh, no, I love it. No, I love it. I sleep really and... well. Yeah. Well, honestly, for you and me, Robert, it's not really different because we're in a weirdly secluded part of the city anyway. So as far as sound goes, oh, it's yeah. not really different. But the ability to see stars when you are outside at night is... In the hot tub. <laughs> in the <laughs> hot tub. <laughs> from the vantage point of the hot tub. <laughs> yes. With a yes. mist rising from yes. the hot tub. Yes. It is kind of spooky. And uh, having the big redwood trees lit up is kind of like being in Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. You know, with, uh, it's funny you mentioned Twin Peaks, April. Really? Is that so? Because um, that's this week's episode. Well, what a coincidence. <laughs> wow. And, and the fact that we're up in this foresty place on location, it's not where they shot Twin Peaks, but it has that feel. Yes. Big, mm-hmm. tall trees. You never know what's inside the forest. The owls are looking at you. Kind oh, but funny. They're, they're not what they seem, though. Not you gotta look out. <laughs> but I am Robert, independent filmmaker, gamer, and I am exactly what you would expect to see from an owl. So, <laughs> with, with, with me this week is Tim. I'm Tim, and I'm completely silent. <gasps> Mary Ellen. I'm Mary Ellen, a marketing professional and ceramic artist. Ooh. Oh, nice. And April. I'm April Ellis. And I'm a little man from another place. <laughs> I've, I've heard that line before. Yes. That's, a, that's a pickup line at a bar. No. Okay. okay um, April 8th, 1990 was the broadcast date of Twin Peaks. This episode, we will be doing the pilot episode only. Uh, it's about 92 minutes without the commercials. So, yeah, back then there was only 28 minutes of commercials yeah, on exactly. a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the coffee pot. Ah, even. That means the coffee's now. ready. Yes. And so, uh, we yeah. forgot donuts, but we do have Oreo cookies. <laughs> We're using in Oreos in lieu of donuts. <laughs> it's kind of wrong, but here we are. Uh, but Twin Peaks, uh, directed by David Lynch and uh, written by Lynch and Mark Frost. Starring Kyle MacLachlan. And, wow, a whole slew of people. Uh, we have uh, Michael Onkeen as Sheriff Harry S. Truman. <laughs> um, what else do we have? I can't pronounce her name. Mad, uh, Mad- Machen Amick. Thank you. Nice. Yes, as Shelly Johnson. Mm. Uh, Dana Ashbrook as Bobby Briggs. Um, Laura Flynn Boyle. Sherilyn Finn, uh, Warren Frost, Peggy Lipton, James Marshall, uh, 
Everett McGill, Jack Nance. Jack Nance, Jack Nance is uh, one of those guys who's in a lot of Lynch stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was. Um, he was in a race yes. Mm. yes. I mean, this this show, he's got one of the biggest lines that everyone remembers mm-hmm. of any TV show ever. And there's mm-hmm. a fish in the percolator, you know. <laughs> well, that was a. Oh, and wrapped in plastic, of course. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. Uh, Ray Wise, Joan Chin, Piper Laurie. All these people, I I was looking at IMDb, and most of these people are still working, doing a lot of stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. We saw Kyle MacLachlan in uh, Portlandia oh, most recently Portlandia, yeah. as the mayor. The mayor. Mm. <laughs> With, uh, <laughs> With the his physio who, ball. Yes. <laughs> and, the guy, and the guy who plays his assistant is the real mayor. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> who pops his head in every now and then. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um... We saw most, not most, uh, a few of these people for the Psych episode, right. Dual Spires, where they did a, oh. a Twin, Twin Peaks, Peaks like, homage. homage. Yes. That How was long pretty ago funny. was that? A couple years. Yeah, a couple yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. We watched, they already had Ray Wise on another episode, so he, he, he didn't get to portray a character similar to that in Twin Peaks, so he, mm. but he war- he was in the episode, he, he warned them or something, yeah. I can't remember what he did. He played did, a priest. Yes, yes. And they called him. They At one point, they called him. Oh, that was one of the jokes is that they had no cell reception anywhere in the town. <laughs> Except, like, one spot on the beach where they found the body. <laughs> like, one little tiny spot. <laughs> uh, that was uh, that was pretty good. Um, Don S. Davis as Major uh, Gerard Br- Briggs. Of course, he's uh, General Hammond on SG-1. Yes. Um, he but is after it, he was Major Briggs. Yes, yeah. after our, yes. our joke was always that he got all these roles because he had his own uniform. Yes, he shows up a lot <laughs> as a general in a lot of things, it seems yes. like. Uh, sadly, he died a few years ago, though, oh. um, during uh, while SG-1 was still on. And I don't remember what it was, but the last thing he ever made was something really terrible. Yeah. No. Like oh. a sci-fi Saturday movie or yeah, something. Yeah, it was know. not pleasant scene. Not a good that. way to go out. I choose yeah. not to remember him yeah. in that way. I, I didn't know he was dead. Because the uh, reruns of SG One just go on and on. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. It might be one. It, it, it's not old enough to be for the podcast. Oh, I think it is. You think so? The, the series? Yeah, the series. The yeah. fir- first episode would have been like fifteen years ago or something like that. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, I know because it ran <laughs> for like that ten seasons and it hasn't old. been on in several. So yeah. Okay. Wow. <laughs> we are all very old. We have to accept that. Um, yeah. Which gives us more fuel for the podcast. Right. Hooray. Right. So I remember when this show, when there was buzz about this show uh, before the pilot even came oh, wow. on. Mm. And I was like fresh out of college and had been a huge David Lynch fan in his movie career. Um, and Blue Velvet was a huge yes. movie while I was in college mm. and I just loved it. And Eraserhead mm. was great. And, Dune, although it was very weird. Yeah. Well, they're all weird, but um, <laughs> it wasn't typical Lynch. It wasn't was typical Lynch, but I still yeah. appreciated it for what it was. And so when we heard that he got a TV show greenlit and mm-hmm. he was going to be doing a series, we, uh, my friends and I, we just our heads exploded. Our, we lost <laughs> our, we lost our minds. <laughs> so it was literally with like bated breath that we gathered and all watched the pilot when the pilot came on, and then it became a weekly. Um, 
gathering at somebody's apartment to watch Twin Peaks. It was Twin Peaks night, and yeah. it was a mm. thing. And yeah. we just, we were so into it. Yeah. I can't remember how versed I was in Lynch stuff at the time this came on. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I still haven't seen every Lynch thing. I've seen a few, and I'm kind of 50-50 with him, depending on what it is. I actually think Twin Peaks is his best work. And I think that's because he was contained a little bit. I think he's one of these that does better work if there are some limits on him. If his Hmm. imagination is given free reign, it just gets a little too much. But (laughs) saying that, not having yet seen everything he's done. But I remember when this did come on, it's like it just blew me away, you know, for how beautifully weird it was. Well, for television, it was completely groundbreaking. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and, you know, it was dramatic but funny and all that. And I remember, like, 1990 was an awesome year for television because that happened. That came on. That started. And then three months later, Northern Exposure started. And it also, not quite to the extent, but it also was very strange and weird for TV at the time. And also this odd mix a funny and strange. Was there a connection there? Because since they were both kind of up north. No, and I think it was Alaska. Alaska was northern exposed. That was exposure. the setting they right. shot in Washington. But so. since since Twin Peaks I, came out in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, Twin Peaks came out and that kind of paved the way for maybe but funny, that, strange. Let's it, take a chance on oh, something right, right. that's not a it typical. Might, it might have, but Northern Exposure would have been already underway in production, because it premiered yeah. in July. And this premiered in April of the same year. So Uh. it certainly probably gave CBS confidence about putting on the air once they got to it. And although not super confidence, because they still showed it in the summer. Kind of like, well, maybe this will catch on, maybe it won't. And it did, and it Mm. became a regular series. So, So, yes, it was a good year for Let's Do TV a little differently now. Which I think paved the way for the ongoing quality of TV we have now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have an interesting story about when I first saw Twin Peaks. And to set the mood, I've picked a a uh, um, free-to-use, if you credit <laughs> the artist, royalty-free music. Kevin McLeod, Creative Commons License Attribution 3.0. Here, here we are. You're, you're in the clear. Okay. So, picture this. <laughs> You may want to get Google Maps if you don't know this area, but the Central Valley, driving from Madera, California, to Humboldt County, which is on the northern shores of California, way up north. On my way up to look for a job and to move there, in my 84 Honda Civic, as I pass through Manteca, California, a hellish spot for which I thought I would never escape. <laughs> the Honda Civic choked and sputtered. I had to pull off to the side of the road. The car would not start. It was clearly dead. I was towed to a local shop, which was closed for the night. So I was then towed to a hotel where <laughs> I had to stay the night. Well, yeah, I had to be towed there. <laughs> Don't question it. <laughs> Just go with it. As I got into the the small hotel with the little TV, I sat down there wondering, what the hell am I going to do? What if the car can't be fixed in a few hours? How will I get up there? I, I, I have these two days off and that's it. So I was stuck there that night, so I turned on the TV. And sure enough, there's Twin Peaks, 8 o'clock on ABC. 
all alone in my hotel. <laughs> is this freaking anyone out? This is kind of scary. Or am I just going crazy? It, it would. <laughs> it's lovely. It's it's lovely. No, it's supposed to be frightening. <laughs> it, Antica uh, is frightening. <laughs> Nancy, yes. So I mean, the memory is, of course, wa- watching that alone in a ho- in a strange hotel room. I remember thinking the first hour was like, oh my God, how many people are going to be sad about this girl dying? <laughs> this is when I was really young and I was less, I was less um, patient for things. Uh, I remember... That's, that's so sweet, Robbie. Yes, I know. <laughs> I, I remember thinking, oh, it picked up a lot when Agent Cooper arrived. Oh, it yeah. was suddenly like yeah. really fun. Um, the story about the car was though the timing belt broke and it needed a lot of repairs. Did so it break? I, Mysteriously, Mysterious. it had owls stuck in the pistons oh, or something. You never want owls. <laughs> your alternator in your was wrapped in plastic. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee in its um, So I rented a car and I drove and I finished the drive up and you know did my thing the next day and uh, came back down and they said they would have it done by the time I got back and no, it wasn't done. Mm-hmm. It didn't even look like they started working on it. So I just hung out there waiting on the corner in Manteca with no place to stay, no rental car anymore, so I couldn't drive anywhere, waiting for them to finish fixing my car. And it was like 11 o'clock at night by the time they finished. And days stretched into weeks, (laughs) as they do in the San Joaquin Valley. And I never left, The single stoplight swung in the wind. Exactly. So I had that that feeling stuck with me you know all through the the trip um but i call that the manteca incident yes because of just how horrible it was and anyway. the job you applied for never existed oh. <laughs> and then i never existed and that's my scary story about uh, twin peaks so there you go that was fun wasn't it <laughs> But hopefully that sets the mood for everyone. Um, oh, Car April, trouble. did you... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Car trouble. No, the scary hotel. Think about the scary hotel. Wasn't it scary? All alone? And you're like 20? Was there continental breakfast? Being no. 20. It came with the room. It came with the room rate. <laughs> anyway, okay. I think we're ready to watch this sucker. Let's watch okay. it. Twin Peaks pilot episode. Not the international version, which has an ending. <laughs> Does it have nudity? The international version? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Surprising. But I think I think I watched that. The last time I saw it, I think I watched the international version, which mm. had an actual ending. Because they wanted to wrap it up yeah, and sell it like a movie. That. Anyway. Mm. Uh, there's more details, but we'll get to those at uh, after we come back. So grab your copy off Netflix or the DVD you probably own or whatever and watch the pilot original aired episode of Twin Peaks and we'll be right back. Who misses giant rotary dial phone? <laughs> uh, no wonder it found it took so long to hunt down various people. They didn't have cells. Mm. But that's interesting because, except for little things like that, uh-huh. 
this thing is so timeless. It's going to hold up forever. Well, I noticed yeah. that um, the Flesh World magazine, <laughs> that wouldn't exist now. No, it, would no, be a, no. it would be a website. It would be a website. You're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, know yeah. Except not for little, that I would know. <laughs> but yeah, except for little things that. like that. This is so, you know, the mood is set so strong. The town is so insular that, you know, you know it doesn't really have a time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it could be now, you know, it's its own world. So, And I think it is, like, timeless. Yeah. I don't think it would be on ABC this if it came out now. Okay. Except for the hair. Well. <laughs> and even the hair's not too so bad. Because we're getting away. It's 90s. It's so back again. The 80s so. is fading. And you're right. It's back again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and I would love to have Mike's hair in any decade. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Majestically <laughs> feathered. Oh, yes. Um... The long, slow open that sets the mood. Yeah. Yes. That's another thing that really probably wouldn't happen would nowadays. Even on cable, out. it wouldn't yeah. happen. You know. And they cut it a little for the series, but not much. Hmm. I think they, showed, they? shaved it down just a bit. I bet in reruns especially. Well, probably. Mm-hmm. But I think it. you might have read that even originally it got trimmed a few seconds. But um, So what I care, I mean, yeah, that definitely helps set the mood. And I'm kind of curious, um, was there really a show before this that had such a large cast? Just soap Dynasty? Operas. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Exactly. Okay. And that's what he's going for, is a soap opera here. Right, right, right. And okay, you, that makes and sense. you can feel it. And okay. it goes from brilliant to silly. Hee-haw. In an instant. <laughs> <laughs> also, clearly an influence. No. <laughs> in some scenes, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, that's a good point, because I've been wondering a thing, because the only thing I could think of right off the bat that had... A list of names like that at the beginning is Game of Thrones, you know. Oh, you know. Mm. So that's a good example of a, a long ending, not as long as this, but a long open. H- a I think that's the thing. I mean, just all HBO shows do, right? All yeah, HBO dramas maybe. respect um, the value of a long title sequence. Hmm. Mm, yeah, it seems like they don't have commercials to worry about. And stuff right. Like I don't know. Breaking that, Bad's kind of short. Yeah, but, but that's, that's not uh, HBO. That's oh. uh, a- no AMC. AMC. Yeah. yeah. Walking Dead. Walking Dead's kind of long, yes. but there, there's a there, there's a large cast in that. I yeah. think. So it may just be logistics. <laughs> large cast equals long t- title yeah. sequence, but but you know, like with this, it really sets the mood. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Gets you into that world. Mm-hmm. Slow dissolves in between yeah. all the logging equipment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's all learn about logging. I, I love big rigs with logs. Yes, <laughs> I do. Driving through town. <laughs> Why did Flesh World have a have a picture of a truck in it? Well, that comes up later. Oh, does it? Exactly. Yeah. Really? That, that's okay. his truck. That's what's his name. I know, but okay, cool. The the guy that, that don't no girl spoil would, it. Okay, the guy that no girl would date is somehow <laughs> living with this. I can't yeah. remember what their deal is. An unsavory it? character involved yes. with Flesh World. <gasps> <laughs> this, this, I guess it's the soap opera angle. It's like everyone in this makes terrible romantic choices. Yes, yes. They even they even admit it yes. in one scene, but then they repeat it. Yes. yes. And I had forgotten how much domestic violence was. In oh this. yes. Oh. Between adults, between teens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I guess I didn't have much of a heart back then when I first saw it. You were 20. This this was really like the whole, the first half and people finding out. That scene with the dad, with Ray Wise, where he's on the phone with yeah. his wife mm-hmm. and the sheriff comes in. Yeah. That was just brilliant. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I have to say that David Lynch has this amazing ability, especially in casting women who, when you have a close-up shot on them and they're crying, have really expressive faces. Mm-hmm. So Laura Palmer's mother mm-hmm. um, has one of those faces, yeah. and I'm almost certain that's why she was cast, oh, yeah. was yeah. for that crying scene. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in Blue Velvet, Laura Dern has a scene oh, where there's a close-up yeah. shot of her face, mm-hmm. and she has just like the most grotesque expression while she's crying mm-hmm. and i think it's just a david lynch thing because yeah. he, do, he did it there and he does it again here i think you cast people that just have these really amazing faces when they cry mm-hmm. makes it really interesting to watch yeah yeah and he lingers on them but yeah. but there's just something so creative and real well, about that it's, scene it's a, a thing about it that's create it's perfect is that you know the way they are never told Laura was killed. No, he doesn't mm. say the it. pieces are put together Every, as yes. would happen in such a situation. And the yeah. way the the all of the framing and everything in this movie is just so good. He sits yeah. down at the couch with the phone, and then you see and you see the sheriff pull up, yeah. Yeah. and then you see him asking her, you know, can yeah. I see what's his name? And yeah, she yeah. points, uh-huh. and and that's when he realizes yeah. something's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. It, it, it's yeah. really good. It yeah, got me I, going. I really, I still think, you know, maybe there's still some things I need to see to confirm, but I still think this is Lynch's best work. Mm. And the whole thing is just a s- series of curious, but clearly deliberate and really effective choices. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure, there'd be an ethereal singer in the biker bar. <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, it works. It totally fits the mood and the tone. And the same with the, the diner that has the weird ass jukebox. Yes. It's like, yes. It's, again, it's its own it's its own world, and that helps. His world set is it. consistent. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and I'll, I mean, I think it's really curious. You know, interesting. The point in the show when Cooper arrives. You know, it seems yeah. so strange that such a key figure would arrive so late. But it mm-hmm. fits because we have because the whole the first part of the thing is just such a great examination of how something really tragic would take yeah. hold of that kind of town and all that stuff. And you let that play out just long enough to establish that. And then we move forward with the mystery and bring in Cooper. And, yeah. um, and the guy who played the principal, mm-hmm. who usually plays goofy characters. Oh. I, I've seen him like, in, you know, pretty silly kind of guys and. He was so real in this. It's like exactly how I would imagine someone telling the school that their friend is dead. And then, like, he flips the mic off and just falls apart. Oh, wow. And it's interesting you mentioned the bit about the faces. Because the only thing I can one thing I couldn't figure out that did seem odd and, like, an odd choice is this is all about Laura Palmer. But the first person we see is Jun Chen. Mm, yes. And I think that's because uh, what we're seeing is some, a sadness in her. Mm. And I think we do that because she expresses that well and it sets a mood mm-hmm. before we get to the topic of most of yes. that mood. Mm. So, interesting, yeah. And the amount of setup in this in this episode alone, the amount of, like, everyone's got a fling on the side. 
<laughs> and yes. and they, they kind of fall like dominoes into place. Like in just the last 10 minutes, we learn about like four more romantic <laughs> entanglements. Oh, the sheriff and what's her name? And the, and the Norman, Josie Packard Ed. and the, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many more people are seeing other people? Yeah. Well, there's and, and then and the Donna teenagers who, make out with yeah. But yeah. they're teens, so it's almost like believable that they start making out. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's How like, was Whoa. your teenage years, Robbie? Well, um, yeah. <laughs> well, again, here we have. I'm always fascinated by this Hollywood view of high school. Oh yeah. That full of teenagers who are ultra bored and have secret, elaborate lives yeah. on the side. <laughs> yes. Like, maybe I was just really sheltered. Yeah. Or maybe this is a not. <laughs> Can we talk about the uh, the parents of now thriving uh, yes. yes, yes, yes. a- actresses, but their parents oh. were in Twin Peaks? So I can oh, count. Okay. I can count three. Wow. Ooh, let's hear. Which um, so there's Peggy Lipton, mm-hmm. whose daughter okay. is Rashida Jones. Peggy is married mm-hmm. to Quincy oh. Jones. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rashida Jones of Parks and Rec. Okay. Um, and then we have uh, Russ Tamblin. Whose daughter Amber Tamblin was in Joan of Arcadia, and I think she's in some stuff now. Yeah, I don't know what. And huh. Mary Jo Deschanel, Deschanel. Yeah. Mary Mary Jo Deschanel, the mother of uh, Zoe and her sister Emily. Yes. Emily. Yes. Wow. So yeah. three three parents who were. <laughs> um, it might be interesting to note that Catherine E. Coulson, the log lady. All right. When I was looking at her IMDb credit. I noticed she had met, you know, at the top of the IMDb, they show like known for blah, blah. Star Trek to the wrath of Khan was in there. Whoa. And I'm like, who was she in that? Guess what? She doesn't do much acting. She is an assistant director. Oh, oh my God. So yes, interesting. she was, um, let, let me get this exactly right. Uh, first assistant camera on Star Trek two and assistant director on eraser head. Mm-hmm. So there's the Lynch oh, connection. Gotcha. So Lynch said, I need someone with an interesting look. And there you go. I, I was the log lady one year for Halloween. Oh, yes. <laughs> During the twin, the height of Twin Peaks oh, run on TV, I was, I was the log lady. And my arm hurt the next day because I had... Do you have, have photos of that? I don't know if I do. I might somewhere. Oh, but yeah. I'd like Did to anyone see that. watch the Twin Peaks when, was it Bravo, rebroadcast it? I'm sure I did, yeah. And in she between every episode they did this, oh, she did the intro. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know I have that on I VHS think, somewhere. Yeah. It's on the, the DVD set that oh, I Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, and then we didn't see him in this episode, but Frank Silva... As Bob, which is like the yeah. villain, I guess, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. in the Dark yeah. Lodge or whatever yeah. happens. The bad guy. Man. I don't want to. If someone's but. seeing this for the first time, I don't want to do too yeah. many spoilers, but. Particularly since it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah. But. Maybe we'll. Mm-hmm. You know what? We'll save that story for another time, but and that was another of- interesting Lynch thing where he. It happened on set where he just sees this guy reflecting in a mirror. And, the, and this guy is the. Um, Set dresser. The set dresser. Oh my gosh. And he was just really? there and he turned and Lynch turned and saw his reflection in the mirror and they were in Laura Palmer's room. Oh jeez. And it's like, and he was freaked out by that and said, Well, there you go. And you're the guy. And, and because wow. he was he, I think they were kind of like struggling with the international ending and putting it together as they went. So mm-hmm. if you watch the international one where it actually had an ending and they went into the the dream world or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
you, you were you speaking would have seen that. you were speaking of setting like this pilot episode kind of doing a lot of legwork towards setting up things yes. mm. so the other thing that comes to mind is the one-armed man mm-hmm. so we oh. Oh, yeah. we only see him just briefly yeah. like coming out of that elevator or yeah. yeah yes and that's it that's all you see but yeah. it's enough to sort of yeah. plant him in your brain for the way that later. Was shot was weird because I didn't realize until he stepped out that they were in the elevator yeah, with him. It's a weird shot. Yeah. It was really strange. It's almost like they couldn't see him or he wasn't really there or something. I don't know. Well, it, we don't it, see a threesome shot. No. Which would be no. the normal thing to see. Yeah. We see a twosome and then we see him from the back. Yeah. yeah. But I, think so it was more, I think it was more a logistical decision. thing than maybe, a but uh, but it was it still it was really cool. looked like an, or was an elevator. Um, yeah, there's a lot less in this than I remember. A lot of the key bits that I remember actually now, I see now turned out to be from later episodes. They aren't in the pilot at all. So mm. that kind of which kind of speaks to how tight and the first season was. Yeah. Really was. How many seasons did it run? Two. Two, Two. right. But it kind of quit working early in the second season. Yeah, yeah, I do remember. I I watched it till the bitter end. I stuck stuck with it. I stuck. But I do remember there was one part, at one point, it just started to lose its steam. I quit saving it on VHS (laughs) after the the mystery was seemingly solved. I thought, okay, from here on, the show has outlived its purpose. And sure enough, they struggled to know what to do with it from then on. For but. me, it was when James Hurley started that affair with the woman up the road. Oh, I, don't even, I don't even remember, I remember like, that. Well, oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> We've lost that. our way. Yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nadine went to high school. And, oh, oh well, then she got, way out. We were way out. <laughs> she like hurt herself or something, right? Yeah. Yes. She thought she was back in high yeah. school. Uh-huh. So by then we were and she had super strength or something. Way off the rails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember that. Anyway, it gets interesting. But... But considering how many balls are in the air, if I may mix metaphors as I am, it's again remarkable how long it, it stayed together. You know, it was yeah. I mean, and I think the main reason for that was, at least from Lynch's perspective, he never wanted to solve the murder. He oh, wanted okay. it to kind of fall to the background and maybe save it for when the series ended. Okay, mm-hmm. and he an wanted to focus more on the town. Yeah, but he left. He, he he went back to doing Wild at Heart by the end of the second episode, which I guess would be the next one. Yeah. And then... Um, Wait, he's bound to have had a, hand, a strong... Oh, I'm sure, he, he, I'm directed, sure he did. He absolutely he directed did. the third season. episode. Yeah. I think he, he only directed the first two, the pilot oh, and the first episode. I cannot believe he did not I think Mark Frost... Mark Frost was in there th- in the oh, first season. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Then right. the second season, the guest directors showed up. Yeah. Well, and in yeah. the making of... Uh, piece which mm-hmm. I sat down and watched recently and really enjoyed. Although you never see David Lynch at all in it, mm-hmm. it's everybody else but yeah. Lynch. <laughs> um, uh, I found it quite interesting. Some of the perspectives of the guest directors who came through, who were had such a great time, and oh, I was given such creative freedom. And the mm-hmm. actors said, "Wow, the second season sucked, and we never knew what was going on." Ah. And I'd I'd go home and watch the show just to figure out what the heck was going on because. Okay. So much happened that wasn't in my scene. By the fourth episode, okay, um, they had other directors, but Lynch was still credited in underwriting. Sure, mm. it was Lynch, Mark Frost, and one other person, uh, which it's not saying here. But um, okay. Tina Rathborn was the director huh. of the fourth episode. Okay, Harry Payton. No, okay. 
Okay. Because um, he went back to doing working on Wild at Heart. Mm-hmm. So he probably came back later after that was completed, but you know, he was wrapping that up. So yeah. he couldn't stick with it uh, all the time. Um, <laughs> I love all the little quirks oh, in every character. Yeah. The, the one I noticed for the very first time viewing this was... Um, um, the psychiatrist. What's uh, what was his name again? I forgot. Doctor um, Jacoby. Yes. Doctor yeah. Jacoby. Um, the earplugs were the distraction, perhaps. If you look at him, he's got his hand on his tie, and there's like a little um, hula skirt, yeah. and the skirt is actually not not stitched in. It's like there fa- there's fabric there <gasps> oh. dangling. It's a fringe. And he's got his at, in one shot. He's got his finger underneath the dress, <laughs> and he's moving it up and down. <laughs> And it's like, wow, that snuck on through the sensors because that's that's filthy. <laughs> but then there's the guy with the the jacket sleeves that he yeah. keeps zipping up and down, and yeah, the bizarre, interesting physical barking things. thing in the in uh, the jail. Hmm. I've forgotten the actor name. Oh, um, it's in here somewhere. I'll find it. <laughs> what was thing, his name? James. One, one thing I love oh, about Bobby. Agent Bobby. Cooper's character is he seemingly gets sort of caught up in these sort of gee whiz uh tangents yes and you think no he's 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 a buffoon he's not (laughs) gonna solve it yeah but he he comes up with the detail that yeah so it's like this veneered almost to throw people off yeah Mm. it's like he Mm. makes all these mental gear changes and does not bother with segues with no right (laughs) (laughs) it's it's excellent it yeah <laughs> it, it was ahead of its time and it's still ahead of the time i think <laughs> yeah um so robert and i just a couple of days ago we were talking about possible future projects we want to work on and ben and and um brainstorming ideas and all and then at one point we got to talking about the difficulty of mixing comedy and drama oh and this does that superbly but i don't think in any way you could really reproduce it's really mm. peculiar and unique and i think it just can only be explained by how david lynch's head works it's you very know, moody yeah mm. well it's like you know first you know everything's dark 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 and finally we get this bit of comedy when we first see lucy because she's a very comic yes. character yes. and yet not a cartoon right yeah. um and you know, and also we get to see uh, <laughs> um, Michael Ontkeen as Harry Truman. It just nails this really kind of calm bafflement. <laughs> you know, he just he doesn't understand why you behave this way, but he will just accept it. <laughs> yes. I feel like he's the straight man of the show. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. And he's Everyone also else has. And then yeah. you have Sherilyn Fenn, who's sort of is mischievous, and the music when she. When her scene comes up, or her scenes come yeah. up, the music changes to more mm-hmm. of a yes. like whimsical uh-huh. kind of score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but then the, when we see Andy finding the body, and the music is telling us serious glum, serious glum. But then he breaks down crying, yes. and it's hilarious. <laughs> and then right now, okay, right now it's comedy or drama at the very same time. Mm, yes. mm-hmm. that's really different. that was another mm-hmm. nice touch when she's when when he finds the abandoned train car, mm-hmm. and he's talking to Lucy mm-hmm. on the radio. Yeah, she's like cupping the she's holding the the microphone half of her headset as though she's cradling him in her arms, mm-hmm. like she's trying to hold him. Yeah, and it's another nice touch that I yeah. like. 
Um, um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and also in just offbeat comedy. Oh, it fell down. Oh, oh. yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. the reveal of, of things that aren't what they seem, mm-hmm. which is also ah. a running theme in this show. So you'll yeah. see something and then there will be a, some kind of reveal. Like yeah. you see a deer head on a table and uh-huh. they walk in the door and you think it's a piece of evidence or something. Yes. yes. And <laughs> until it's revealed that, oh, it just fell off the wall. <laughs> and it, it stays there for the entire scene yes. on the table while they, they go about their other business. Uh-huh. But I think throughout the series, there's it's a running, you know, and things I, are not what they seem. And then there's a little bit of a comic relief to yeah. reveal what it is. And I really yeah. wonder if that was the plan or along or at some point in the setup, the deer head was on the table. And Lynch said, keep it. Mm. Like the set department was hanging it. Maybe. And they weren't done, and he just said, leave it there. Yeah, I bet. And it wrote in the line. It wouldn't surprise me. It sounds like something he would do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which leads to. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, the, the coroner. What was it? Yeah, it was the, they were in the morgue, yeah, in the and morgue. the light was flickering, which was also something that was wrong with the lights, and they just kept it. Um, wow. When they were, when he was examining Laura Palmer's body, and there's the um, the technician or the morgue guy, whatever, in the background, he says, what does he say exactly? He, so he Cooper says, says, Cooper says, could you leave us, please? The actor thought he was actually asking him, what is your name? So he said... Jim, I think. Yes. Um, he said yes. not his character's name, but his actual name. Uh-huh. And so Kyle McLaughlin just repeated the line. He's like, uh, could you leave us, please? He says, oh, of course. <laughs> and they left it in. Wow. <laughs> it was just like this bizarre thing that happened. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it's wow. like this, like, <laughs> I bet he felt bad about screwing the scene up, but it, it, it yeah. works so well. It's so... <laughs> It's so Lynchian. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Lynch is all about the frayed edges of the world. So, yes. You know. And the uh, getting the tweezers under the fingernail was apparently the only thing the, uh, what do you call it, the standard practices or whatever, objected to. Really? The length of the scene. Oh, okay. It really bothered them seeing the tweezers go underneath huh. the fingers. Which, yeah, I guess. But. You know, so <laughs> devastated Ronette walking they, forever across the bridge didn't face uh, them, but and, and, but they didn't cut it, so no, okay, they refused they to cut it, so it okay. stayed in that way. Okay. So yeah, it's weird. I thought that was the ending. What for some reason I thought that seeing Ronette crossing the bridge was like the 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 twist at the end of the uh, the pi- pilot. I don't know. That I don't know why like, I think that. No, it may have been. Is it the is end it of the, the halfway hour? mark? It might have been the end of the hour, and if maybe. I saw it, and then you have station it's broken break. up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I don't know. It doesn't seem like I it's that far in, but I don't know. But can you imagine some of these scenes are just so heavy, and then you go to a commercial, and it's probably for you know Coca Cola. Yeah. Have a Coke and a smile. Yeah. <laughs> I think I understood. I what seemed like it might be some Quaker product placement. When uh, yeah, in the kitchen, oh, in the kitchen, yeah. when Laura's mom is on the phone, it's oh, always the same shot. We come back there, the the camera has not moved. It's the same shot, and in the background is a Quaker Oats and most of a Captain Crunch box. Yes, and it's blurry, <laughs> but you can still totally see both. Look, so it feels like it might be like some very subtle product placement. I don't know. Yeah. ABC said, "Hey, we're going to get some of that in there." Yeah. <laughs> But on T on in SD on TV, maybe back not. Then. I don't know. And maybe so. Maybe it's the opposite. They just didn't bother changing because they didn't think anyone would see it. And whereas now it'd become, you know, <laughs> you know, what was Sergeant the, Smack yeah. or whatever gets them. You have to What was know. the thing we were watching? 
that had mannets. cereal boxes on the table, just blatantly advertising. Oh, what doesn't? What doesn't? I can't do remember that. now. Yeah, well, anyway, yes. Um, oh, any other notes before we vote? Yeah, I like the power in this that Lynch invests in just mundane things becoming symbols and omens. Mm-hmm. I mean, later it's the owls. The owls don't even come up yet, right? In the yeah. pilot, um, but you know the swinging stoplight. Yeah. Mm. And the dangling phone receiver. Yes. You know, it's mm. all these perfectly mundane things that become invested with emotional yeah. weight. Well, the the stairs with the <gasps> fan yeah. going. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. spooky. And then you watch, continue watching, and it's just it's just terrible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's kind of a poltergeist yeah. feeling because mm. of stairs, you yeah. know, and poltergeists, so... There's not a lot to nitpick about this. The only thing yeah. really about me is we see the sign for Twin Peaks in population 51,000. Where are they? There's Hiding no in the woods. down here. It's like, so, they're, uh, they're counting both the Black Lodge and Twin yeah. Peaks. I guess. I don't know. It's like, again, I don't think Hollywood understands what an actual small town is. It's like, no, this town looks maybe 600. You know, although they have, they do have the Sheriff's Department for 51,000. But they are well staffed. Hey, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe there's a whole central business district we never see. You know, I don't know. Because everything's fine there and no one's weird. <laughs> I'm trying to find the population of Guerneville, which is where we are right it now. It is not 51,000. I no. guarantee you. But just as a... Uh, as a... Uh... <laughs> a comparison, yeah. right? Yeah. How come? Oh, this should be something simple that yes. you see. While you look that up, what other? Thoughts? How are we gonna guess? Thirty-five hundred. Mm, that sounds mm. good. Mm. Mm. Maybe, I'm gonna go with seventeen hundred, just so we can have fun. Game. Mm. Is this um, closest without going over? <laughs> <laughs> Ten thousand and one dollars. <laughs> yes. Yes. Faster. <laughs> oh boy, this is harder than other. Oh. Oh. Guerneville, California. Other thoughts? Look that up. Yeah, any other thoughts? I was disturbed this time. Uh, Though I was in college when I saw it the first time. Mm -hmm. And watching it now, 20 years later, I'm I'm disturbed by how I identify with the adults in all the show. (laughs) (laughs) They're all my age. (laughs) Damn kids. (laughs) So what are the votes for population? I'm going with 1,700. 1700. I'm going to say 3,500. I'd like to do 20. 20 people? No. (laughs) 20,000 or 2,000? 20,000. 20,000. You were? 3,500. So 3,500. 1,700. Tim? Wait, I'm sorry. What was yours again? 3,500. You're closest without going over. Wow. Oh. 4,534. Okay. Yay. Uh, let's see, 2,471 males, 2,063 females. Two females. <laughs> median, median resident age, 48. Hmm. And look at me touching the screen of my laptop as though it's a touchpad. Um, that's that's it. There you go. Okay, so. Yeah. So let's do the votesy, votesy, votesy. Votesy, votesy, votesy. Let's okay. See. Tim. Yeah. Oh, gold. Totally gold. Even more gold than I would have suspected. Yes. Again, you know, deliberate, <laughs> peculiar, interesting, unique, deliberate, effective choices all the way through. Timeless, you know, except for a very small period of details. Mm-hmm. Timeless. This will this will hold out forever. Excellent. Yes. 
I'm I, I'm just gonna go because it, it's obvious, obvious to me. Gold, 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 yeah, gold, gold, gold. Yeah. I have not yet seen all of Lynch's films. I need to yeah. I need to go through and see yeah. some of his older work yeah. and uh, revisit some yeah. other stuff. There's so much brilliance in this pilot yeah. episode alone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I still think a lot of the brilliance of it, everything I said, but also the fact that he was hemmed in a little by being on TV actually helps. Probably, yes. It might and have... he had a partner through the whole True, writing he had process. a collaborator, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so. Mark Frost um, mm-hmm. probably helped keep him on track a little. Yeah. Not yeah, go maybe. too out there. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. April? Gold. Gold. Completely gold. I agree with you, Tim. <laughs> Mary Ellen. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say gold. It mm-hmm. it it is still completely captivated. I'm captivated. Yeah. I, yeah. I literally have not seen this pilot since it first yeah. aired. Wow. Oh, wow. So I've not gone back and revisited. I've thought mm-hmm. about it because I know it's on Netflix, and I thought uh-huh. oh, maybe I should start yeah. from the beginning. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and I probably now will yeah. and just watch uh-huh. the series and because it's only yeah. two seasons. Yeah, it's but pretty short. Seasons were longer pretty, than. Yeah. Were yes. Like well, this many well, the first episodes. season was short because it started in the spring. Oh, okay. So it was only like seven. We're used to really short seasons now on TV, like mm-hmm. only what, oh, you know, and, twelve and episodes or eight like, episodes. So. Well, it depends. Like, yeah, whether TV or. Cable. But I'm still captivated. I think that um, it, it's a world that completely sucks you in. Yeah. You feel like. You know, you're right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the thing that I'm more aware of now are the lingering shots, mm. like really lengthy things that m- yeah. maybe would be sh- tightened up now and, yeah. and cut away from. It's interesting to see the camera linger and you really stay with. But never too long. You, I never had the thought. You no, know, okay, no, you long. don't feel like it's too yeah. long. But yeah. I noticed that um, compared to today's standards of yeah. editing and, and the way... Yeah, scenes yeah. are put together. Yeah, that that he has a more deliberate, yes. you know, uh, length to his shots. Yeah, not only is the whole thing captivating, every scene, every shot, every frame is captivating. It's like yeah, there's there's, no... there's one really good framing shot where I think it's in the high school where the boy with the zipper mm-hmm. pop, <laughs> he comes up and meets his friend, and then the girls are behind him in the center frame, mm-hmm. and then. To the right is the principal's assistant, I guess, who's yelling at him to come in and just like, I don't know. Really yeah. Good. Eight episodes in season one. Including the pilot? Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So nine And hours. 22 yeah. in it's the second. Season. Right. Okay. And, so, <laughs> and part of the problem. Well, There's yeah. part of the problem with the second season. Uh, but Lynch came back to direct the um, last episode. Yeah. Mm. But. <laughs> it had gotten pretty yeah. wild by that point. <laughs> Yeah, that was a little weird way to end yes, the series. But I don't want to spoil it if someone no, hasn't but, seen it. So yeah, but a lot of overconfidence there, assuming it would continue at that mm, point. Yeah. Not Watch the check, making of not checking it in was, with the real world. At yeah, that it had become such a thing so quickly. Yeah, that oh, they yeah, thought yeah. it would continue yeah, on. There was I a lot of water cooler. Both watching and paying yeah. attention to the ratings. New. Yeah. Oh, this ain't getting picked up. <laughs> it was up against Cheers when it first came out. Oh wow! And it wow. did good, and it did well. Yeah. And uh, how old was Cheers by then? Oh, I don't remember. Twenty? <laughs> no. Ruby <laughs> Shelley Long or Christy Alley? <laughs> <laughs> did oh. Did Shelley Long come back at one point? Sure, because she didn't have a career otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's the yeah, Tasha yeah, Yar of yeah, Cheers. The, uh, <laughs> the money pit did not do for her. Well. No. Uh, Someone thought it would. Right. (laughs) 
Anyway. All right, we didn't bring our bell to Guerneville. So. Oh, we didn't. <laughs> um, we don't have a sound Wait. effect for alcohol, but we need a Twin Peaksian sound effect. Oh, mm. your eyes on sword. What would that be? Everyone just snap. And then start barking for no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, I can't wait to do some oh, right. uh, some more of these episodes. And, yeah, we should mention, if we haven't already, yeah, the music is superb. Yes. Unusual and superb. Yeah. Yes. Very, very yeah. nice. Okay, that's that's it. Old V Gold, another all-gold episode. Uh with Robert, Tim, Mary Ellen, and April. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Go to oldvgold.com to find more episodes and more information about this podcast. We're on Twitter at Hidden Deadly. Also, you can send us questions with the hashtag oldvgold. 